0: little love is love there from big bad gina off of their amazon warrior princess or priestess i always get it confused as to which one it is one of these days maybe i'll get it right well let's see how did it come across over here well princess okay well either way welcome to lavender hill here on kzm lincoln kzm hd 89.3 on the fm or online at kzm.org Perhaps you're using one of those handy-dandy, smarter-than-a-calculator devices and taking me everywhere with you. Put the phone down if you're driving. Or you could be listening up to two weeks after original broadcast date thanks to the KZUM archives, which can be found online at kzum.org. That and the broadcast itself was made possible thanks to our wonderful listeners out there like you. Yes, I'm going to pitch a little bit here for our Give to Lincoln Fund Drive before I dive into the news. The Give to Lincoln Fund Drive is every May, and it's a way for the Lincoln and surrounding communities to get together to support nonprofits. KZUM is just one of over 300 participating nonprofits in that program this year. You can find out more about the entire program by going to LCF.org that's the Lincoln Community Foundation's website or you can just hop online to kzum.org and click the Donate button. Every dollar brought in between now and 11:59 p.m on May 24th it goes towards getting us a little bit more of that proportional percentage of the half million dollar funds that are available to the local. All righty, as uh, something decides to go walking off the counter here and making some noise that you didn't hear, but I did. I got to make sure I don't run over it. Let's go ahead and dive on into some of the news here for you. You know, it's not very often that I pull something from People magazine, but that's what I'm going to do today. Uh, on Friday the 12th, People's website had an article by Virginia Chomley about uh, something that's very historic, especially when we're talking about the Supreme Court here. The U.S. Supreme Court unanimously sided with a transgender refugee from Guatemala, affirming her identity in the historic ruling. Um, freshman Justice Katanji Brown Jackson wrote the court's opinion in the case of Santos Sacaria v. Garland, which is historic for its humanizing language to describe a transgender woman who fled persecution in Guatemala. The U.S. Supreme Court last week passed a decision that makes history not just for its impact on the law, but for its language about transgender people and non-citizens living in the United States. Every judge, including the most conservative on the court, agreed with the court's ruling and traditionally right-leaning justices co-signed the official opinion of the court, which uses proper she-her pronouns to describe a transgender woman who fled Guatemala after being assaulted and persecuted on the basis of her gender identity and sexual orientation. The opinion also referred to the petitioner as a non-citizen rather than an illegal alien, which is, of course, a dehumanizing term that has been in conservative opinions in the past. Uh, Estrella Santos Zakaria, the transgender refugee at the center of the case, had appealed to the decision to deport her after she twice came to the U.S. seeking safety and a better life. In an unanimous decision on Thursday last week. The Supreme Court sided with her, allowing her another chance to fight the deportation decision and potentially remain in the U.S. if the bid is successful. There is a lot more to that article, and I'm going to invite you to check that out at your leisure. You can go to either people.com, or you can just follow the link that I'm going to be posting here shortly to the Lavender Hill page on Facebook. And yes, I am going to get those links over there. I know I say it every week, but I am going to because this one's very important. All righty. Speaking of importance, today is Mother's Day, and it's very important no matter who you look at as your mother that you celebrate them. Now, if they're still on this plane, then give them a call if you can't go visit them. That's what I'm going to be doing this afternoon is calling my mother. She lives about eight hours away. Uh, I'm also going to be calling the other mother that I have in my life, one of them, uh, who lives about 10 hours away. I'm going to be visiting with uh, various mother figures in my life, and I always try to. I mean, I was talking to uh, one of them who, after her retirement, moved to Arkansas. And, of course, there's, uh, you know, the uh, the godmothers of Lavender Hill, the uh, women from the women's show, including Deb Anderson. I'll be seeing her today and wishing her a little bit of Mother's Day and making sure that, you know, uh, her her uh, fur babies did something for her for Mother's Day, even if it was just not piddling on the living room carpet. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So, what am I getting at there? Whether your mother is your biological mother, whether your mother was born as a woman, you know, as female, whoever your mother is in your life, celebrate them. now know, there's lots of dads out there, the pole double duty. Just like there's lots of moms out there, the pole double duty. So, whoever has been one of the most influential maternal impacts on your life, celebrate them. Whether you can do it with them in person, over the phone, via instant messenger or something like that, or lighting a candle for them as you have a cupcake or something. Do it, please. Celebrate them and remember them. And I know not all of you had the best relationships with your mothers. But if it weren't for your mothers, you wouldn't be here today. That doesn't mean you have to forgive them. If you have cause not to. But they made you who you are in one way or another. Alrighty, well, I think that kind of uh, qualifies as getting up on a little bit of a soapbox there for you. So uh, how about I uh, veer into something else? Going to have a bit of a strange format today because we're still doing the FunDrive uh, promos and all that throughout the show. But I also have lots of music for you, and I want to dive into that. So let's go ahead and listen to The Mamas and the Papas off of the soundtrack to one of my favorite coming-out movies from the 90s. It's a UK film at that, too. A beautiful thing we're going to hear from The Mamas and the Papas' words of love. All right, and you are listening to Lavender Hill here, part of the wonderful KZUM family that we have of uh, you know live butts-in-the-seat uh, programmers here that uh, you know put it all together for you each and every week, and you know check out the website. There's some schedule changes coming up, some really awesome stuff coming in. We got at least one programmer who's leaving, but that's because they're moving on to a better opportunity and another state for their regular uh, job. But hey, it is what it is. We got Ms. B back live. That's awesome. Uh, last night was her second live edition in a long time here at KZUM. righty, so, you know, I had some, you know, kind of like flooring news there from the Supreme Court before the music, but you know, now we're gonna have to, you know, kind of bog things down a little bit, and we're gonna spend some time in the not-so-great state of Texas uh, and using one of their local newspapers as a resource here, the Texas Tribune. So take it as you will. Uh, this is an article uh, by Alex uh, Wynn and William uh, Mahato, uh from Thursday the 11th there on the uh, Texas Tribune. Bill striking unconstitutional state law that criminalized homosexuality fails to meet critical deadline in the Texas House. Like, really, there's still a law in the books somewhere that criminalizes homosexuality in the United States? Well, yeah, in several states there actually is. They've been uh, brushed aside but not repealed or overturned or whatever you want to put it. And that's what Texas was trying to do, but they ran out of time A promising Democratic push to repeal Texas's defunct ban on gay sex has fizzled after the lower chamber ran out of time to consider House Bill 2055 on Thursday the 11th. Back in June 2003, the landmark U.S. Supreme Court ruling in Lawrence v. Texas struck down the state's criminalization of gay sex. Sessions after sessions since then, Texas Democrats have attempted to repeal this unconstitutional ban that effort gained the most trans uh, the most traction this legislative session at hb uh, as hb 2055 which sought to erase the ban from texas's penal code as well as its health and safety code it was poised to be debated by the full chamber but uh, by the end of thursday the deadline for the house bills to receive their first vote on the floor the lower chamber ran out of time to consider 2055. It could still be resurrected as an amendment to a relevant bill but barring that development this likely spells the legislation's end, at least for this session. Why is this so important? Well, as we all know, there are certain factions on uh, the political front that are pushing to step back to repeal, to handicap even Uh, some of the more progressive laws and some of the more progressive rulings from the Supreme Court that have made it possible for the LGBTQIA2S SOGI community across the country to have won some of those rights that they have been fighting for for decades. And if that attempt happens to go the way that the conservatives, some of the conservatives want, then Texas could Just, you know, step back to before June of 03 and make it so that uh, same-sex relations are once again illegal. Yeah, they could do that. No, there's lots of laws on the books, not just dealing with uh, sexual orientation, gender identity, women's rights, etc., that uh, have been just ignored instead of being repealed. They've just been kind of ignored, brushed aside, not forgotten, but not enforced because of other laws that were passed either on a state level or a national level that overruled them. But if those laws were to be repealed, then the earlier ones that are still on the books could be reenacted. And that's not a good thing. No. We're seeing that with abortion bills and stuff like that as well. So, you know, we got to look out for what's going on and support the legislations that are trying to correct these things that, that happened in individual states' histories that made things that illegal that really shouldn't be. I mean, there was a time back in the 90s, I don't remember the exact year, and I don't remember all of the pertinent details, but I do remember this because it sticks out as one of those what-the-huh things. There was a time back in the 90s, it was around the same time that the DOMA law got passed in Nebraska, that the state of Missouri was attempting to liberalize and reword their consent laws. And somehow or another, you know, trying to get rid of some of the sodomy uh, prohibitions and all that. somehow or another, the, the actual bill that passed through the state of Missouri's legislation, the actual bill, as it was worded and a literal interpretation thereof, made it illegal for any two individuals or more to have any kind of sexual contact. Yeah, you heard that right. Didn't matter if it was two men, two women, a man and a woman. It didn't matter. The literal interpretation of that sodomy law that was passed made it so that no one could legally have sex in the state of Missouri. Obviously, when that was pointed out, the state legislation was like, okay, we're going to, we passed it. We made a mistake. We're recommending to law enforcement that they use the previous law. For enforcement and at our next legislative session that's going to be one of the first things that we fix Mm. and they did but uh you know the, the timing of it uh was so ironic i think that's what happens when you let somebody who has no knowledge whatsoever of the law write your bill that's how we wound up with the uh, the DOMA law here in Nebraska as well, the Defense of Marriage Act uh, that is still technically there on the books. Uh, and That was letting somebody, not even a Nebraska citizen, but letting somebody who had no real knowledge of the law write the wording and confuse the voters. But anywho, we'll just let that pass for now right? (laughs) No pun intended there. Okay. There is a little bit more to that article from the uh, Texas Tribune, and I'm going to be referring to some other articles from them as well over the course of the next several minutes. But, uh, you know, like I said, we're going to be visiting the not so great state of Texas. And I do apologize to my friends that live in Texas, but it's true. It's not such a great state sometimes, uh, especially with stuff like that going on. But let's see here. Um, another article from the uh, Texas Tribune, William uh, Melhado and Alex Wynn writing again, and this is from Friday the 12th. Uh, Texas Republicans have filed dozens of bills affecting LGBTQ people. Here's what they don't do, according to that headline. Uh, for mental health support, uh, well, they i like this i like this i was reading a little bit faster than i should have uh the uh, texas tribune article starts out with information on how to get mental health support for lgbtq youth uh, by calling the trevor project the trans lifeline and uh, the suicide and crisis lifelines which of course that one is caller text 988 that's that's available nationwide. But Texas lawmakers this year so far are considering several bills that could bring major changes to the lives of gay and transgender Texans. Republicans have filed bills that would restrict when sexuality and gender identity are taught in schools, where people can perform in drag, and what kind of health care is available to transgender youth. Article uses children, I change that up a little bit for you. The bills come during the legislative session in which some conservative lawmakers emboldened by the growing acceptance of Christian nationalism on the right are pursuing bills they believe can create a national model for infusing Christianity into the public sphere. Or is that separation of church and state? Anyways. Tensions between LGBTQ Texans and uh, GOP officials flared in May already. Uh, When debate over one bill spurred protests that led to altercations with state police, children and young adults in particular, are a focus of this year's legislation. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick made it a Senate priority to pass measures that limit to school lessons about LGBTQ uh, people. Uh, The college sports team's transgender students can join and medical treatments that can be provided to transgender youth. While Governor Greg Abbott of Texas has vowed to ban schools, quote unquote, woke agenda. By late April, the Senate had already passed several of the bills and they now sit in the House where they face their first and perhaps only uncertainty before reaching the governor's desk. LGBTQ activists and Democratic lawmakers in Texas have been waging a months-long fight against the bills. Many say the proposed measures amount to attempts to minimize queer expression and restrict people's rights. Echoes of Florida, echoes of even Nebraska... All righty. So even if only a few of those uh, bills were to pass, the damage would be substantial, according to these activists and Democratic lawmakers in Texas. According to a January report from the Trevor Project, a national LGBTQ youth suicide prevention organization, 71 percent of LGBTQ youth said debates over bills affecting how they live negatively impact their mental health. Well, no, duh. When you call into question the legitimacy of a person's identity, it has an impact on their mental health. And when you do it in such a public manner, in such a uh, in-your-face manner, if you will, as uh, the GOP legislatures across the country are doing and the uh, leaders of the grand old party... Uh, speaking out on various uh, social media platforms as well as news media, then you're really denigrating the identity of individuals that is having a drastic impact on their mental health. Okay, so uh, to quote uh, Andrea Segovia, uh, who uh, is the senior field and policy advisor of the Transgender Education Network of Texas in, in an interview with uh, her uh, in February. Texas has become one of the most dangerous and hostile places for transgender youth and transgender people and their families in America. So yeah, there's a lot more to that article as well. So, oof, Yeah going to be not so much fun there. I mean, there is a lot more to that article. So I'm going to definitely be sharing that with you over on our Facebook page for Lavender Hill. And let's see here. Uh, I got some other stuff if it'll load. I don't know why it's being so slow. Probably because we're at the end of Mercury Retrograde and it just wanted to remind me. Okay. So um, yeah, there's some other stuff going on in texas that there's a lot of uh, little blurbs that i could be reading to you but uh they're all coming from the austin american statesman uh, another one of the uh, uh news resources there out of texas but i'll just share that one over on the lavender hill page and since things are uh trying to be a little stubborn here on the computer how about i just go ahead and uh, get some music going for us and we'll See if I can get things fixed, okay? All righty, and yes, I am eager to take those calls. I've got more music lined up if that is what happens. So, all right, here on Lavender Hill, we try to address things that are important to the lgbtqia 2s Soji community, not just in Nebraska, but across the country and around the world. And this is something that kind of has a little bit of an impact on all of us that may be listening here in the United States. According to The Advocate, yes, I actually found an article from The Advocate that I'm going to refer to. Robert Garcia has countered Marjorie Taylor Greene's homophobia with a resolution honoring all families. Most important here on this Mother's Day, this is an article with The Advocate by... uh, Trudy Ring, published on Friday, the 12th of May, 2023. U.S. Representative Robert Garcia, a California Democrat and a gay man, Friday introduced the Honoring All Families Resolution, a direct response to Republican colleague Marjorie Taylor Greene's remark that a lesbian union leader who's a stepmother of two is not really a mother. Greene, who is well known for her uh, mm, virulent there we go, anti-LGBTQ plus rhetoric and other outrageous comments made the statement when Randy Weingarten, president of the American Federation of Teachers, testified before the House Select Sub- Subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic April 26th. Green said Weingarten was not qualified to give advice on school closures because the union leader is, quote, not a medical doctor, not a biological mother, and really not a teacher either, end quote. Weingarten is married to Rabbi Sharon Kleinbaum, uh, and they have two daughters who Kleinbaum brought to the relationship. Garcia said during the hearing that Green's comments were unacceptable and affirmed to Weingarten, You are a mother. Thank you for being a great parent. Democrats on the subcommittee sought to have Green's remarks deleted from the congressional record, but the chair, Republican Brad Winstrup, said House rules prevented that garcia elaborated on his condemnation of green statements and a press release announcing the resolution just ahead of mother's day from that press release um as an lgbtq person myself i know the positive impact impact chosen family and adoptive figures have on our community with this resolution we stand with these families and honor the incredible work they do to nurture raise and provide for their loved ones families come in all shapes and sizes and they shape who we are in an immeasurable way marjorie taylor green's comments were gross bigoted and invalidated the thousands of loving lgbtq plus and adoptive families across this country end quote his resolution mentions people who become parents through adoption, fostering, and step-parenting, and the large number of LGBTQ plus parents, concluding, quote, a parent's ability to contribute to their child's growth and success is not defined by the circumstances by which they became a parent. A family's, excuse me, and families of all backgrounds and circumstances deserve to be recognized, respected, and celebrated, end quote. Garcia's co-leads on the resolution are select sub, uh, our select subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic, ranking member Paul Ruiz, and out representatives Becca uh, Belint, Angie Craig, and Mark Pocan, all Democrats. Ruiz also spoke out during the April hearing, denouncing Green's cruel personal attacks on Weingarten and other parents. In the press release, Ruiz is quoted as saying, I was deeply troubled to hear such harmful, extreme remarks disparaging LGBTQ plus and adoptive parents, families, during last month's hearing. Our nation is forged by people from all different backgrounds and circumstances coming together to build a better future for the next generation. We are at our strongest when we recognize that a parent's contributions to their child's growth and success are not defined by the circumstances by which they become a parent and adoptive parents, foster parents, and step parents are no exception, end quote. Uh, Pocan, chair of the Equality Caucus, added, no one, including extremist politicians, has the right to tell your child excuse me, tell any child or any parent whether their family is valid. It's not surprising that Marjorie Taylor Greene is attacking LGBTQI plus families to raise her political profile and raise funds, end quote. (laughs) Uh, Representative Craig, a mother of four, noted that her family was formed in part through adoption and said she is taking action in support of every adoptive mother, quote, because I believe we should support and uplift all American families, end quote. Representative balance said the, quote, ignorance and bullying must be rejected and denounced, end quote. And also quoted in the press release was Congressman Maxwell Frost, who said he is, quote, a proud adoptee, end quote. In a Yahoo News interview after the hearing, Weingarten said Green's comments were very homophobic and added, quote, she was just attempting to dehumanize me. Weingarten said she has received many vile emails since the hearing, many of which are homophobic and anti-Semitic. Weingarten also noted that she has been traveling with a security guard ever since. Another Republican, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, called her, quote, the most dangerous person in the world, end quote, in a November speech. Pompeo condemned teachers' unions and the filth that they're teaching our kids to quote him. Wow. Yeah, you can read that whole article, which I pretty much did there for you at advocate.com. I will be sharing it and related links on our Facebook page a little later today. All righty. Well, with 10 minutes to go, the uh, battle between um, uh, Governor DeSanctimonious in uh, Florida and Disney continues with uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger asking Does he want Disney's tax dollars or not? I don't know what that means. That's open to interpretation right now, but you can read more about that uh, on USA Today and several other online news sources. Uh, Just wanted to kind of throw that one out there a little bit for you. I will be including that USA Today link on our Facebook page. And speaking of uh, Florida man... Yes, I do have more for Florida, man. I just got to wait for it to actually pop up. Come on. I had you here. I had something here. Where would it go? Really, I did. Yeah. Oh, it was an op-ed piece that I'm going to be including for you, which is uh, from a uh, uh, point of view regarding the expansion of the Don't Say Gay Law uh, to go beyond just uh, elementary school but I'll be sharing that over on our Facebook page. There's just a little too much here to cover. I've got an op-ed piece regarding Texas as well that I'm going to share for you. So let's see here. We started with uh, something really awesome. Let's see if we can wrap up with something really awesome here for you as well, or a few things really awesome for you here. According to LGBTQNation.com on Thursday the 11th, a high school that canceled uh, an LGBTQ plus play is getting a little bit of backlash from the students because they're going to go ahead and stage it themselves off campus. Uh, Students at an Indiana high school are moving ahead with an LGBTQ plus inclusive play after administrators canceled the production earlier this year. Carroll High School in Fort Wayne, Indiana is just one of many schools across the country where student plays and musicals have been canceled or censored this year, due to concerns over content. Howard Sherman, the managing director of the Performing Arts Center at New York's uh, Baruch College, recently noted that the wave of opposition has been focused largely on productions with LGBTQ content. So yeah, really good there. And there's some related links that will be in that article for you as well on the Facebook page. But, you know, it was really awesome to see that these students are kind of, you know, taking it into their own hands and going, well, the school's not going to let us do it, but we still want to do it. So we're going to do it for you. We'll just do it somewhere else. All righty. And let's see here. Um, Another one from lgbtqnation.com. This one from Friday the 12th. A drag queen wore the names of school shooting victims to a Texas house hearing she was unfortunately escorted out a texas drag performer was escorted out of a public hearing on one of the state's anti-drag bills as nbc affiliate kxan reports in texas the texas house of representatives state affairs committee held a public hearing on wednesday to discuss sb 12 which was passed by the state senate last month. It's aimed at banning minors from sexually oriented performances, which the bill initially defined as a male performer exhibiting as a female or a female performer exhibiting as a male. If the bill becomes law, drag performers could face a criminal misdemeanor charge if they perform in front of children or on public property and venues that host drag performances could face penalties up to $10,000. So, yeah. But, you know, one of the drag queens, uh, Bridget Bandit, uh, was, she was one of nearly 400 people who signed up to testify, uh, the overwhelming majority of them opposing the bill. She showed up with the uh, names of school shooting victims printed on her dress, and she was escorted away from the hearing. And you can read more about that over on lgbtqnation.com or check out the link on the Facebook page for Lavender Hill. Now, let's see here. Before I get ready to hand things over to Deb Anderson on The Women's Show, I want to share a little bit of international news. Saudi Arabia is opening its doors to LGBTQ tourists. Hmm? In a bid to attract more visitors, Saudi Arabia appears to be extending a welcome to the LGBT community, a demographic with considerable spending power in the tourism industry. The Saudi Tourism Authority has seemingly updated its website's Q&A section, stating that gay tourists are welcome in the country. The website now states, quote, everyone is welcome to visit Saudi Arabia and visitors are not asked to disclose such personal details, end quote. In response to the question, posed on the on the Q&A page, are LGBT visitors welcome to visit Saudi Arabia. The exact date of this update remains unclear, but it does appear to have been there since at least March 14th of this year. However, same-sex sexual activity is still considered an offense in Saudi Arabia, according to Human Rights Watch. The Human Dignity Trust, an organization advocating for LGBT rights worldwide, reports that trans individuals can also face legal consequences in Saudi Arabia with evidence of enforcement and consistent accounts of discrimination and violence against LGBTQ people. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt, or in this case, I think an entire salt lick. uh, Kind of appropriate for, you know, a desert country. Anywho, we're getting ready to hand things over to Deb Anderson, who seems concerned that I wasn't going to get things set up for her. <laughs> so she gets to have a little bit of fun there herself. She's going to be joined by Rick Peters as her guest programmer starting about 1230. And who are you interviewing today? Joby Riccio. Okay, there we go. You got twisted over the name there. Hopefully you'll have to practice that a little bit before uh, they call in. But anywho, we're going to go out with uh, kind of a mother's song here, if you will, by Christine Lavin, one of my favorite lesbian singers and comedians with my sister Mary and my mother.